Hello, bonjour and salam alaikum. Welcome to Stand Out from the Crowd, the first live podcast dedicated to no BS leadership. So if you like us, tell your colleagues and friends to go over Apple Podcasts, Spotify to subscribe and give us a five-star reviews because the stories we share on this podcast are amazing. We are worth it. I strongly believe in it and I hope you do. What if you possessed the untapped potential to create extraordinary change, not only in your own life, but also in the lives of others? Our standout guest, Doina Onchel, went from living in a low-income household, having to overcome domestic violence and homelessness, to becoming listen carefully, to becoming one of the most powerful women leaders in Canada, creating opportunities for others and revolutionizing the STEM industry. So get ready to challenge conventional thinking and embark on a transformative journey that will shape the way you look at your present and envision your future. So please help me welcome Doina to the Stand Up Podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing good. I am uh, very excited that today I get to celebrate 29 years in Canada. And I'm very excited to be able to celebrate this year with you on the podcast. It's very meaningful to me. 29 years. Yes. What a journey. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. You are a leader, a change maker. You have received many awards. You have been nominated for many more. So you were named the 2021 Woman Canada's Most Powerful Woman, nominated for the Top 25 Canadian Immigrants Awards, just to mention a few, right? Because mm -hmm. we know the list is quite long. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you this question, though. Who mm -hmm. are you outside of work? Such a good question. I'm a mother. First and foremost, I'm a mother, a mother of two amazing young women who I feel that they make me work really hard for. They inspire me, they motivate me. So first and foremost, I'm a mother. I'm a friend. I'm also very curious about life. That's who I am. And for the most part, that's who I am. You wrote, every day is my best shot at living my best life unapologetically. Yes. I would like to come back to a period of your life that wasn't that easy, right? Mm -hmm. You escaped uh, an abusive relationship. You lived in a shelter for three months with your two kids. Mm -hmm. Until one day, your oldest daughter said, mommy, when I grow up, yeah. I want to be just like you. This is why I said earlier, I'm a mother and my kids inspire me. It's because when, when I know that they say certain things and they watch me, I feel like I need to live my best life if I want them to live their best life, right? So, yeah. That's very true because, you know, your kids look up to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. And so who were you looking up to when you were a little girl? Who were your role models? That's a really good question. So my role model was my grandmother. She was someone that has been, I feel like even though she did not have an education, you know, she was born early 1900s, <laughs> like very, you know, um, 
she did not have access to education or certain opportunities, but she was very smart and very ambitious. So, and she always pushed me to be ambitious and, and to basically live my best life. And she used to say certain things to me. I remember growing up almost on a daily basis. She would say, Donna, you were born to be somebody. So every single time I would have a challenge or a barrier, I remember her words, you know, she, I was born to be somebody. This is what my grandma said. But this moment right here doesn't really make me feel like I'm somebody, which means I can go over this. I can overcome this challenge or this barrier and I can be somebody, right? Yeah. So, um, and while well, you said, yes, I was I was uh, homeless. I had to live in a, in a uh, abusive women's shelter. But before that, I was actually homeless two times before that. So coming to Canada has been a lot of, uh, barriers and challenges that I had to overcome. Like coming to Canada, I remember this day 29 years ago, being on a plane and thinking like, wow, the land of opportunities and so many things that I could do. And to be honest with you, even through the worst moments in my life, I still had that, I kept that feeling within me that I'm here for opportunities. I'm here to live my best life. I'm here for better life. I'm here to do better. And that kept me going, right? So, uh, you know, as a new immigrant, and I'm sure a lot of people that come to Canada, for them, you know, you come with your dreams, your aspirations, and you want to do better. And I know people that come in older, you know, you think, I might not have an opportunity for me, but is there anything that I can do to create opportunities for my children? Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel like, you know, when I'm going through all these barriers, I have to push hard, but it's, it's not just for me, but also for my children too. So this has been something that's motivated me. And again, it's just remember the times when uh, going through not having enough money to pay for rent, being on welfare, you know, um, getting the education. You know, the one thing that um, I found really, um, I don't even have the word for this, but uh, for me, the reason why I do what I do today, you know, is because I always look at my younger self and I feel like the one thing that I didn't have was a, um, this really small piece of information, which is not knowing that I can pay for school or I can actually get OSAP to go to post-secondary. I had no idea that that's an option. I thought this is only for people that have money and they can go to get an education. And I thought there goes my dream of getting education in Canada. And so only until one day somebody said, you can apply for OSAP and you can actually go to school. And that held me back 13 years in wow. Canada, 13 years. So that one piece of information. And yeah, this is, um, that's like, I remember with my grandmother's words, like I was to be somebody. I want to do something with my life. And then when things come and, you know, I always believe that they will happen. You know, mm -hmm. I always believe that when that happens, like when I am going through something, I am going to overcome this, you know, so getting education, escaping homelessness, low income, getting opportunities, finding stuff. And another, um, uh, I would say, thing that I realized that really helpful when going through all of this and what inspired me or who inspired me was the people around me, you know, having the right people around me and people that actually are doing things that I already, like they're already doing the things that I want to do, you know, it's what 
motivated me to, and I felt like I could do it too. You know, I was like, well, if this person can do it, I can do it too. So just trying to figure it out. How do I make it happen? So basically that's what, that's what keeps me going. And that's what inspires me. Wow. And all of this coming, you know, from having an inspiring and, and strong and beautiful grandmother. Yes. This is amazing. And oftentimes on this podcast, when I ask these questions, this question, uh, the grandparents, either the parent, but often the grandparent come, come back often, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because they are like real figure that we, we look up to. And, mm -hmm. you know, as I'm listening to your story, I can clearly identify two things. First of all is resilience, 100%. Yes. <laughs> but also, you know, following your gut. Because you had that gut feeling Mm -hmm. that okay you could do it you could find a way out you could you know you could overcome those challenges you had this gut feeling all the way all the time with you and you kept listening to your gut feeling and i really like that and i think it's very important because a lot of us a lot of people and especially women Mm -hmm. tend to ignore that inner voice they tend to ignore that gut feeling because we don't trust ourselves enough Right. And I think that has a lot to do with how we are raised as young women, right? If I wouldn't have had someone like my grandmother to instill in me that I was born to be somebody, you know, it would have been confusing to be out there in, in situations where it's challenging because, you know, I didn't have somebody to tell me that I can actually do it because for me, her words would be like, yeah, I can do this. I can overcome this. Right. And that was the instinct. And, and something that I see, I hear a lot of people talk how when, when you go through a, uh, a challenge or you go to a room where you go to do something in your life, how you bring your ancestors with you. So I feel like my ancestor, my grandmother was there with me, and, you know, telling me in my ear, like, remember, you were born to be somebody. Remember, you can do this. Remember, you know, so uh, that's what, uh, that's what, you know, that's what, that's what pushed me through. And so if I would ask three, uh, if I would ask your loved ones to describe you using three words, what would mm. that be? Okay. Um, resilient will be one of them. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> My work ethic is unmatched. <laughs> I like if that. I need to do something and I put my mind to it, I make it happen. My work ethic is unmatched. And also I'm a good mother. I keep on hearing that a lot. And sometimes I feel like, am I really? <laughs> I feel like, what if? Because that has also been my biggest fear, like coming here in Canada and not having a network, not having support. Can I do this? And if I fail at this, it's not like you can go back, right? Yeah. So that has been my, my biggest fear. So I, I work so hard to be the best mom that I can be, you know? You mentioned something very important also earlier. You said it took you 13 years in Canada to get access to one piece of information. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I often say the access to information is key. You don't know what yes. you don't know. It is a fact, but mm -hmm. you need to work smart and strategically in order to surround yourself with the right people. You said it, you didn't have a network, yes. right? I didn't either. And so, mm -hmm. but when you learn that you need to surround yourself with the right people, meaning the people who can give you access to the information that will help you build the life you envision for yourself, that with those information that will give you access to opportunities, this mm -hmm. is, 
a game changer. This is a life mm -hmm. changer. Yes. And you know, as a piece of advice, something that I learned from being in Canada for 29 years, basically my entire adult life, it's that you have the right people um, that can give you the information. But the most important thing is to understand, you know, to get that information from the source, meaning that you can have people around you and they may have the best intentions to give you the best advice. Mm -hmm. However, they may not know exactly what actually you need. So what I learned is if I need something, you know, especially with the, let's, let's take the post-secondary education for me. I kept on asking people around me about going to school instead of going to the people that actually do the acceptance. Like, they're just going to there and ask them, right? Because I feel like I need to ask the people around me. They should, you know, they should tell me. But no, if you understand, like, you know, who has the actual information, the, the, the source, then you get that from them. And because they will give you the information that pertains to you. And sometimes you can get information from people. And again, they have the best intentions. But they share information that they have mm -hmm. used that was, uh, you know, good or bad for their uh, particular situation. And sometimes people uh, project their insecurities onto you. True. Right. And that's why it's important to go straight to the source. Because somebody that couldn't do it, it doesn't mean that you cannot do it, right? Uh, for me, Very it was true. like a lot of people told me, no, you can't really go to school because, you know, you need to have money. You need to do this. I should have gone to the source and asked. But, you know, that was a 13-year lesson. 13-year <laughs> lesson, right? So A long yeah. lesson to learn, but a very yes. powerful one indeed. Absolutely. And so talking about lessons learned, leadership is a continuous uh, learning process, mm -hmm. right? And uh, successful leaders often find inspiration and insights from various sources. And this is exactly what we are talking about. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit more? How do you ensure that you stay relevant in this forever <laughs> ever-changing uh, environment, especially now that we know what was true six months from now, it's no longer true now, today, mm -hmm. it will probably won't be true <laughs> six, mm -hmm. like, you know, a couple of years from, from now. So um, how do you stay relevant? You know, how do you ensure that the impact that you want to have on people, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later, mm -hmm. about the impact that you are having on people through your different initiatives and organizations, how do you ensure that you build that something that is relevant to what people need. One, I listen to myself, to my instinct. I listen, my instinct is so powerful. And I go there first. If I if it feels right to me, I pursue it. If it doesn't, then I won't. Uh, I've again I learned the hard way. I listen to other people and they say you have to do this and you have to do that. And, that's great, but then it just didn't really work. So uh, I listen to myself, first and foremost. That's super important to me. Uh, then if I want to create impact or if I want to be relevant to a particular situation, uh, I figure out who the people that would be impacted by this are, and I want to ask them so that they can tell me, how can I support, how can I help? Um, this is such a uh, very short question how can i help what can i do 
it's super important, right? And then people can tell you how you can help them and what you can do. Um, but first and foremost, I do listen to my instinct because they are like, as an example, when I started Revolution, you know, I knew I had this fire in me that this needs to be done, right? One, because uh, I'm, so I come from the social work background. I have zero STEM experience. I didn't know anything about STEM, but having been in the system, you know, like having dependent on welfare and being homeless, being new to Canada, you know, having being low income and having my own barriers and then working as a social worker with people that were low income, new to Canada, expect, uh, you know, um, escaping domestic violence and all of the same similar issues that I've been through, opportunities like STEM education was not available. Mm -hmm. And then I go into learning about this. Somehow I feel like, you know, we all put in a path where we're supposed to be. Sometimes when we're there, we don't realize why we're in certain situations. And in my case, it's like, why am I here learning about technology? Oh, yes, because I'm actually supposed to understand that there, there's a gap, there's a gender gap in STEM. And when I hear a lot about, I used to hear a lot about this, the gender gap in STEM, and I'm thinking, I came to Canada, and I was 19 years old when I came here. So I would have had so many opportunities to learn. I think I would have been an engineer if I would have given the opportunity, but I didn't know anything about this stuff, right? So like I said, it took me 13 years to realize I can go to post-secondary. So then, um, you know, being low income and none of these opportunities was presented to me as someone in the system or as someone that working with someone in the system. Yet those skills, like the STEM skills are crucial to the, you know, landing a job. And so now I thought to myself, wouldn't it be nice if someone would create an organization to create opportunities for people that generally don't know about this stuff so that they can get into STEM? Because if you keep on talking to the same audience and they are, they've done hearing about this and they're still not interested, it means those are not the right people. Like you're not going to change anything, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to shift and you have to have conversation with people that might be interested, but yet they have the barriers and not being able to pay for something like this or not understanding what the possibilities are. So my luck came that when my, my mentor is like, well, you should be doing this because you know what it's like to not have opportunities. And I was just, I was doing social media uh, consulting and social media marketing at that time that I taught myself. And then my mentor was like, you're kind of automatically in technology. You just not, you don't have the actual, uh, you know, training on this, but you know what you're doing. So you should be doing this. And that's, this is why I decided to create the organization because, you know, sometimes we have to look at what's missing and to create mm -hmm. that you know yes. and 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 i think this is you know um a common trait of your life and, and career you know going after what you want and and mm -hmm. being able, able to you know be inspired by your own lived experience in order to mm -hmm. create uh organizations initiatives that would support others and you have achieved remarkable success throughout your career and you know, especially with her uh, volution. So mm -hmm. for those of you, for those of you who may not know her volution, basically it's an organization recognized for empowering young women in STEM. And you also, in parallel, uh, have um, a financial literacy practice because you realize yes. that that was a need. And I'm sure, yes. I'm pretty sure. Talking, being an immigrant woman as well, I came mm -hmm. to Canada. 
10, 12 years ago, where financial literacy wasn't yes. even a thing, right? And it took me a decade, really. Mm -hmm. you know, it was a long lesson as well, <laughs> very long to understand yeah. what financial literacy is and to understand that I needed to understand that I didn't have a money with the relationship. So I had to build right. that relationship with money and understanding what can be done in this mm -hmm. country in order to, you know, uh, build the life again I had envisioned for myself and, you know, yeah. for my family. And so what embarked you um, on this journey? You know, how did you navigate the challenges along with becoming a catalyst for change? Because you are a catalyst for change. You don't, you know, I can see you don't do... There are a lot of people out there doing a lot of things and a lot of unnecessary things, right? Mm -hmm. Let's put it let's put it that way. <laughs> Very transparent here, no BS conversation. Yes. But in what and in everything that you have been building, you were focusing on real needs and you mm -hmm. were able to identify, you know, real gaps. Again, women mm -hmm. in STEM, the gender pay gap in in STEM, so technology science and technology and mathematics. And now, you know, there is a need, there is a growing population of immigrants in Canada. And so there is a growing need mm. for financial literacy. What inspires you like to embark on those journeys, making an impact and being a catalyst for real change? Thank you for that. To be honest with you, I feel like, again, I'm going back to my grandmother's uh, words. I was born to be somebody. And I feel like for me, I took it literally that I was born to be somebody, somebody to do something with my life. And I remember even as a child, I wanted to be either a teacher or a lawyer. Um, I thought it would be a, an interesting uh, thing to, you know, to make the world better. I wanted to become a lawyer because I've, I've seen the, um, like growing up in, in Romania where women were treated the way that they were treated. So I wanted to make an impact in that area. I wanted, as a woman myself, and I thought if I'm going to have daughters, I want them to have better life. Um, and I wanted to create that change there, but I couldn't become a lawyer and then back, become a teacher. And I created something like revolution to uh, create change that way, to break barriers that way. And then when it comes to the financial literacy, you know, I got my license because I realized that there's so many people that are stuck, you know, and I started with myself too. Like I was, on, I was in debt, uh, low income. And the only thing that got me from that situation to where I am now was understanding how money works. Yeah. You know, it's not about how much money you make. It's about mm -hmm. what you do with the money. And I felt that there's so many people do not have that education. You know, and if we are to, and especially to educate women about money, right? They are the providers of the, the households. They are they get to to support the household financially when you think about it. So, I wanted to get my license so I can be able to teach as many women as possible how money works and how can they become financially sustainable. And it's just, it's also a, an empowering thing. You know, uh, I. I find that it's so, to me, it's so rewarding to see that I can talk to a, a woman especially and have that financial literacy education session with them and they get to see, wow, now I can actually change my life. 
Now I can actually support my children. Now I can actually build wealth for my children. I can do something to change their life as well. So that's what that is what gets me to to make an impact that way. It's um, I feel like I put on this earth. <laughs> God brought me here to to you know. <laughs> And I have to say that I consider myself lucky to have been able to have found my purpose, yeah. right? Because I feel like a lot of times we do stuff, we don't know what our purpose is. So we keep on doing things instead of actually taking time to listen to ourselves first, find what our purpose is, and then lead with that. So for me, it's like, I know I want to serve people. I know I want to make their life better. So while I get paid and pay my bills i want people to be able to get paid and pay their bills too mm. you know it's like it's 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 uh if, and you know to be honest with you and i'm saying this with a, a very in a very honest way is that when i started revolution you know i wasn't making a lot of money doing it and i've had opportunities like people will say i'll pay you five times more than what you make now and i said well what matters to me you know is it making money right now or doing something, you know, to, to leave the world a better place? Mm-hmm. You know, how can I do that? You know, and then the same with the financial literacy, I'm the same way. It's like, how can I do this so that we can both be successful, right? Me as your financial advisor and you as my client, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, if we're both successful, then I feel like I'm doing something that matters and it helps me sleep at night. <laughs> And this is how you are building your legacy. Yeah. Right. Speaking of that, actually, if somebody asked me before, what do you want from life? You know, what do you want? Like, what is it that you want? And I said, I want to live forever. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, that's impossible because, you know, eventually you're going to die. I'm like, no. The thing is, though, is the work that you do and you're impacting people's lives, you're going to live in their life and you're impacting their children's lives and their dead children's lives. You know, and that's the way to live forever, making an impact. To me, that, that's my way of living forever. And 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 that's very true. And and you know, if we talk, if we look at the the practicality of it, you mm-hmm. know, creating change requires collaboration, and mm-hmm. most importantly, the ability to you know rally others uh, around your around your vision. So. Mm-hmm. How have you effectively communicated your mission uh, to diverse stakeholders? Um, and, and what strategies have you employed to inspire and mobilize uh, indiv- individuals uh, to join your cause? Mm. I uh, honestly, I have been very transparent about my story. This is where I come from. You know, so if I am to talk to, let's say, uh, some youth that might be interested in, in joining the programs, right, that revolution, I share my story. I've been there. I know this is, a, you know, this is a great opportunity. Like, I'm just like you. You know, I was low income. I was homeless. Or, you know, I lived on, you know, I depended on food bank. I, you know, I've, I've been there, so to speak. So I'm coming from the level where you are. And you know, I am where I am today. And I do, I, I like to say I haven't achieved success because this is a lifelong process for me. Um, but, um, you know, I, I achieved a couple of things, you know, and I want to make sure that I want to see, you know, 
I can help you do the same, right? When I speak to stakeholders like partners, for example, mm -hmm. again, because some people have this misconception, for example, that, and I've and I've heard this before, that oh well, if I am, I'm not going to support what you do because I don't invest in poor people, for example. And I was like, you're looking at someone that was poor you're looking at someone that was homeless you're looking at someone that depended on welfare food bank and you know i did all this so i got to where i am today because i i wasn't poor because i wanted to be poor i didn't get homeless and become homeless because i wanted to be there or or because i was lazy it's because of the circumstances but sometimes when you work with giving people opportunities they're able to come mm. out those opportunities they just need Someone to help break those barriers for them so they can just pass over. That's what it is, you know. And the same thing when it comes to financial literacy. I find, to be honest with you, I've, I've, um, I've worked with women entrepreneurs in the past. And every time I feel like we talk about money, sometimes women don't feel comfortable talking about money. So I like to share my story. I was, I was in debt. And the only thing that helped me was being honest with myself. And talking to a financial advisor to help me create a plan and follow that plan to get me out of that, you know? And that's why, like, I think sharing the, sharing my, my story, right? Like being transparent about where I was and where I am. I don't come from the place where I'm here because if I help you, I make money, right? Mm -hmm. I'm here because I really want to help you because that's what matters to me right now, you know? And that's, that's why I come from every single, in every single circumstance. And that's powerful. And, you know, there is power in your story. Your power lies in your story. Mm -hmm. And you will notice that a lot of, of the most successful leaders and entrepreneurs, they rally people around them because of their stories because people, they find them inspiring because they can relate to them because, you know, they can connect with them on an emotional level. And as you said, you know, I've been there. I've been through mm -hmm. everything. I understand what you are going through. So mm -hmm. if I did it, you can do it too. You are, yeah. you are creating and you are building and you are impacting others from a place of experience. And mm -hmm. your story is the canal that allows you to communicate that experience to to others and i think it's very smart and i wish you know more of us would use and share our stories there mm -hmm. is nothing to be ashamed of the good the bad yeah. the ugly everything in between this is part of who we are and mm -hmm. those moments have allowed us to become the leader we are today the woman mm -hmm. we are today so why would you hide it right Mm -hmm. There is this misconception, especially in the era of social media, where you have to portray an image of perfection and great success. Mm. And, but we, you cannot fool us. We know what's happening behind closed doors because we yeah. are all going through the same challenges, the same life <laughs> at different levels, of course, mm -hmm. with more or less obstacles. But at the end of the day, we know that it's not every day rosy and bubbly. So share yeah. your pain, share your story. This is where your strength is. Right. I find it so many times that I meet people on you know, Instagram and I used to go, I used to be on Twitter a lot and, you know, go into a chat and participate and stuff, connect with people. And then we have get together. So they're like, wow, wait a minute. You're the exact same way as you are online. 
like you're in person the same way. And I'm like, well, who else? How else would I be? I don't know any other way to be because that's a lot of work to be able to be two two people, right? That's a lot of work. And yes, you're right. It's important, I think, for us to recognize that the more we share our stories, like the real stories of who we are, the more we get to build our tribe, you know, because we get to meet uh, people that are like us. Yeah. You know, and um, we can identify with their story. They can identify with our story. And then we can create a support system for each other. And we get to support each other more because there's, there's so, it's so liberating to be able to be who you are and find your people that way versus being fake. And yeah. people uh, come to you because they think you are this person. And there's a lot of... Uh, friction right the energy doesn't align when you have that and it's it's hard to even succeed in life right yeah. if you don't it's just it's just so much work as well right it's like how do you be two people it's hard to be two people it's hard so, enough to be one person <laughs> exactly so much hard work and energy trying to be different people yeah. at least two people be yourself this is your best shot so yeah. doina thank you so much for Uh, your willingness to share your story and in all its aspects that was very empowering and very powerful. If there was one word you would like to share with our audience, what would that be? It's going to be two words. Be yourself. Yeah. Be yourself. You take care, you stay safe, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.